Hi there. Welcome to a Tuesday afternoon Facebook class with Bill Allen. Glad to have you joining me. I uh, hope you're having a good week and I appreciate you spending a little bit of time either live or after this is uh, recorded to uh, open up God's Word and share a little bit of challenging thoughts on Tuesdays. We're letting uh, Oswald Chambers be our guide through uh, some uh, scripture thoughts as he has written them in the daily devotional book, My Utmost for His Highest, on Thursdays. We're looking through the Psalms with another daily devotional book from Tim and Kathy Keller, The Songs of Jesus. And so I hope that you are uh, watching some of these. I appreciate you watching this one. And it's one that I think is uh, a very appropriate topic for us. Uh, because in our country, uh, independence is a good thing, and I believe that. In fact, I really appreciate living in a country that uh, uh, is willing to acknowledge the importance of independence. And so I appreciate uh, those who are joining in today. I see my cousin Gail along with my dear friend and sister from uh, uh, here in Tyler, Tia Clark. Glad to see y'all and others that will be joining along with us. And um, again, this, this whole question of independence or obedience, you would think, well, you don't have to choose, do you? Well, yeah, you do. And Jesus made that pretty clear, as do other scriptures, including one we'll start with in 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, do you not know that you are not your own? You were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. 1 Corinthians 6 is a passage that talks a lot about sexual morality. And in the context of that, uh, at the end of that chapter, in the last few verses, verses 18 through 20, the Apostle Paul says that um, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so we are not our own. We have been bought with a price. That price was the blood of Christ. Therefore, we should honor God with our physical bodies. And that is true. Um, that's not what a lot of people want to do. A lot of people want to use their physical bodies for whatever brings them pleasure in complete disregard for what Scripture says. God created these bodies. You would figure he might have a thing or two to say about how they should be used and he does first corinthians 6 is one of those chapters that speaks very clearly about all of that um, as we think about our life in jesus christ uh, we understand that jesus himself came to do the will of the father he said that over and over again i believe and we have a few times recorded in scripture especially that time that moment in gethsemane when he prays that the father would spare him from death from physical death especially death by crucifixion. But then he says, nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. May your will be done. And that's what he taught us to pray too. Well, that's obedience. When we decide that we're going to be obedient to the teaching of Christ, and that's the Bible, that's God's word, then that means that we will put our independence, keep that in check. Doesn't mean that we never get to do what we want. That's far from true. But what is true is that we will uh, be willing to put our own will and independence and desires in the background so that the will of God and the word of God can be in the forefront, sacrificing our independence for obedience. Um, we are not sanctified for ourselves. 
We are called into intimacy with God and with Jesus Christ and to live our lives faithful to what the gospel says, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And then we ask, okay, so what? So I'm saved so I can do anything I want, live any way I want? That's the rhetorical question that the Bible specifically asks in Romans 6. And the answer comes back, absolutely not. We died to sin. We were buried with Christ through baptism into death. Yes, it takes us back to our baptism. And it says we were raised to live a new life. And it's that life that is lived in obedience, not in independence from God. Uh, the first thing God does, uh, Chambers writes, is get us grounded on strong reality and truth. Those are not popular terms in our culture today. Um, reality is whatever you decide reality is. And truth, there is no such thing in our what culture's way of thinking. Scripture says in John 1 that Jesus came full of grace and truth. He came faithful to both. It's a great blessing that our God is merciful and gracious and forgiving. But there's also that sense of God is truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, that's, a, that's not a very inclusive statement, Jesus. That won't work in 21st century America. Well, that's the statement. It was true in the first century Roman Empire, and it's true in 21st century America, too. They were just as desirous to be independent as we are. Um, but they could not be if they were going to be a follower of Christ, nor can we. Nor can we. Jesus calls on us to bring ourselves into submission to him for the purpose of his uh, will. That's what we have been redeemed, bought back uh, in order to do. Uh, sometimes that hurts. Being uh, independent says you do whatever you want. And, and being dependent and especially living a life of obedience, dependence upon the word and will of God, sometimes is, uh, is painful. Sometimes we go through things that are difficult. We talked about that today in our staff meeting and recently in a sermon about the life of Joseph, sold into slavery by his brothers at age 17. He was only 17. And it was 13 years before he was vindicated and began to work as a very powerful man under Pharaoh in Egypt. And it was still another uh, nine years before his family rejoined him. That's a long time. That's a lot of suffering. But Joseph was willing to bide his time and to continue to seek God in the midst of such great suffering. Uh, Jesus himself suffered on the cross. And so when he calls us in the Lord's Prayer, as we call it, to pray, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's a prayer that Jesus was about to pray in the garden, not my will, but yours be done. In John 14, there are three times in very close uh, verses, within just several verses, where Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. We don't like to talk about God's commandments, especially in our culture today. We like to think of Jesus as someone that came and gave his life and died for us and said all kinds of nice and pretty things and accepted everybody no matter what and never told anybody how they should live or what they should do. 
And if you feel that way, if anyone feels that way, and many do, it's a clear indication that they've never read the Bible. And if they say, oh, yeah, but that's Paul, that's not Jesus, then they've never read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because Jesus consistently calls us to obedience to him, to his word, to the will of the Father. Uh, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, Jesus says. Um, Chambers makes some interesting comments here. He writes, our Lord never insists on our obedience. And you said, wait a minute, Bill, you've already been talking about that. Well, let's hear him out. Our Lord never insists on our obedience. He stresses very definitely what we ought to do, but he never forces us to do it. And that's true. Jesus himself wouldn't force people when he lived on this earth to obey him, to turn away from the things in their lives that were wrong and follow him as Lord. He did call people to do that, like the rich young ruler who was unwilling to give up his wealth. Um, the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery, Jesus tells her, yes, I'm not going to condemn you, but what we never hear when people tell that story from John 8 is what Jesus says next, go your way and leave your life of sin. If she were going to be a follower of Christ, that's what she would have to do, choosing obedience over independence, choosing to obey the will of the Father rather than <clears throat> succumb to fulfilling every feeling and desire that I have. Some of those are okay. Some of those are not. Some of those are forbidden. Deciding what to do with my time. Some of the things I choose not to do are okay not to do. Some things God has called me to do. Connect with the church. Continue to study and to read his word. Apply that word to my life. Be willing to love our neighbor as ourselves. Put God first. All of those things are not negotiable. <laughs> They're not. They're calls of God, commandments from Jesus that says, if you want to be my follower, this is how you are to live. And we might say, well, I don't want to do that. Well, then we're choosing independence over obedience. And that could have eternal consequences. Jesus himself said in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, If anyone desires to come after me, let them deny themselves, take up their cross daily, Luke says, and follow me. very first thing he says is to deny yourself. And that is counter, that is counter to everything we hear in our culture today. Today's de desire is to fulfill all those things. Don't let anybody tell you what you can or can't do. That's independence. Do whatever you want. If you don't want to do something, don't do it. Be your own boss. Follow your heart. <laughs> it's a nice, uh, comforting, warm, hallmark uh, uh, attribute and command and call and in and advice, but it's nowhere to be found in Scripture. We are to follow Jesus with all of our hearts. That's the difference. We are to look to Him and to make those decisions based on what His Word says, not just based on what my heart might be telling me, which is another way of saying, do what you want. Do what you feel. Well, our feelings can't be trusted to give us good guidance when it comes to being obedient to the will of our Creator and our Savior. 
one day he will come and and we will have to answer for whether we have lived a life of independence to be our own boss, call our own shots, have ourselves on the throne, be our own God, or if we have given up our independence for a life of obedience, humble, joyful, willing obedience to the word and will of God. God makes his standard very clear. If my relationship to him is one of love, then I'll, I'll do that. Again, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If, if we don't obey him, then it's one of two reasons probably. We either don't love him and don't care, or we don't trust him. The old song, the old hymn, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And obedience is a, is a sign of trust. It's a demonstration that, yes, we do trust God, that he knows better. And so when my will is contradictory to his will, if I follow his will, then I'm living a life of obedience and trust. If I follow my will, then I'm living a life of selfish independence that says, God, I intend to call my own shots. Thank you very much. Jesus Christ will not force me to obey him, but I must force myself. That's called discipline, self-discipline. To be willing to be obedient to Jesus Christ uh, no matter what might come, uh, and and to be that witness for others. Uh, the Apostle Paul writes in Galatians 2, I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I that live, Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, it starts with what Jesus has done. He loved us and gave himself for us. He was the one that chose obedience to the will of the Father over his own independence. And if there was anyone that could have chosen that independence and that route and had every right to, it was Jesus Christ. But he gave that up because he loved you and he loved me. And now he calls us to be crucified along with him so that it's no longer we ourselves who are living in independence, but it is Christ who lives in and through us. The surrendering of my life to the supremacy of the Lord Jesus is something I choose to do. If anyone desires to come after me, Jesus said, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, and then they can follow me. And they're called to do that. No one can do this for me. Only I can do it. Only I can choose to be absolutely loyal to Jesus and to crucify myself and my feelings and my desires. That sounds pretty strong, Bill. I'm not sure that's gonna be very popular in our world today. Well, it wasn't very popular when Jesus said it either. In fact, they killed him for it. And yet he rose from the dead and now he calls us to choose obedience to his word and his will because we love him and because we trust him and because we want to follow him. It's our call to surrender to Christ. We sing that old hymn sometimes, I surrender all, do you? Are you willing to do that? We're all willing to do that until we have to give up something that we really like. Lord, I don't wanna surrender that. I, I enjoy that, that's what I want. That's what makes me happy. Or I don't want to do what you're calling me to do, Lord, because that's just not one of my favorite things. I don't get anything out of it. 
well, then we're living the life of independence and selfish desire and the desire to fulfill those things rather than obedience to the will of God. And we hear Paul's words in the, echoing in our minds, I've been crucified with Christ. And we hear the words of Jesus, not my will, Father, but yours be done. The passion of Christianity comes from deliberately signing away my own rights and becoming a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Are you willing to do that? Will you read his Bible, his word, and decide in your heart that that's how you're going to live? I hope that you will. Because if you do decide to do that, then he will give you the power and the strength that will bring that about. And he'll give you that hope of heaven, that sight of eternity in the presence of the Lord, to give you the encouragement and the strength that you need to go through those times when you choose obedience over independence. Thanks for being with me today. I look forward to seeing you on Thursday.